You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. Days are here again, so I'm inviting all my friends, the people who are close to me. They're my extended family. You've got my mom, my sister, my brother, my surprisingly cool stepmother, and the two kids that she had before she ever met my dad. Next, you've got my aunts and cousins. They showed up with several dozen friends of theirs. It's fine with me. I've got enough for all. Here in the hall, you've got my office mates, my best friend, and his online date. They've all come here to celebrate. This is my family. My judo coach, my allergist, my MySpace friends and Twitter list, and the first girl that I ever kissed. You're beautiful. I love you. Cause there's one truth I have found, and it's never let me down. When you stock up on joy, there's enough to go round. Singing joy, enough to go round. So stock up on joy is the uh, idea of that ad. He's, he's there with everyone and the whole family, extended family, the in-laws, the kids, uh, his, ex, his ex-girlfriend's there. She's rocked up with her current boyfriend. Everyone's getting along and, of course, it's because of Coke and they probably it looks like they brought their stuff from Walmart. So praise Walmart and Coke, apparently. Um, who wants the good news or the bad news? Let's start with the bad news, right? And then we'll go to the good news. So let me tell you about this ad. Let me tell you about Christmas. Let's start, let's start with some disappointing stuff and then we'll work our way up, right? Stock up on joy. The facts. We know Christmas and we know Christmas night in that season, we know there'll be about four to 5,000 homelessness. Homeless on the Gold Coast alone during Christmas. So some people aren't stocking up on Coke and Walmart purchases, or our equivalent, Kmart or Audi, they're actually without a home on Christmas. I'm not saying this to guilt you, let's just give the actual facts around Christmas. Uh, we know that it's reported that every single Christmas, domestic violence and family abuse goes off the charts, um, especially on the Gold Coast. Uh, I think it's one in five families. That means there'll be people here in this church that will... That will very likely experience some sort of uh, verbal abuse or, or, or physical abuse around this Christmas season. We know money, people think they need everything, so things get people get in debt. Uh, people think there's enough joy to go around, they think their fridge needs to be full of Walmart goodies and Coke and therefore get disappointed and of course alcohol mixes into that and apparently it's not as easy just to invite your ex-husband or wife over for Christmas and their new partner and the ex-girlfriend and all the cousins and then mix alcohol into that and it just be completely fun and fine and dandy, I guess. is the only way I could explain it. Um, as much as we would like to hope, people actually struggle to cope around Christmas. There's a lot of people in our community that will be very lonely over Christmas, having lost loved ones or having broken connection with family and friends and actually be looking for some sort of community around Christmas. And I'm, I'm really sorry to say this, but Coke and Walmart <laughs> won't actually be able to solve that problem this Christmas. Both companies actually have had massive scandals over the years from underpaying people overseas, sometimes essentially owning slaves, 
to make their products and um, and various other scandals. And so I'm not knocking Coke. If you drink Coke, I do like the odd Coke. So not going to target Coke, but it's not the answer. Um, a nice Coke can sometimes be refreshing, but a fridge full of it won't bring about this stuff that this ad wants you to believe it will. All the stockings in the world filled from Kmart, Walmart or Audi, or whatever your shop of choice is, won't bring about this. This utopian family picture of forgiveness and acceptance and love and joy. Here's something interesting though. Coke and Walmart do their research. Do their, they go to the best, apparently the best, psych, or the best psychologists and the best neuroscientists in the world don't work for research. The cream ends up at companies trying to figure out what people want. <laughs> um, a lot of it is pl- blocked up because there's people like Walmart and Coke asking the number one, um, the, yeah, the, the, the best in the world at this, this level to not do research into neuroscience or research in disease or things like that, to do research in what you want, what you desire. And so when Coke and Walmart say collectively together that the human heart is desperate for this, to just get on, to be able to forgive, to be able to be incredibly broken, but to just be able to be around each other and love each other and have joy. I notice, I love these ads, where are the kids? There's all ages there, but there's never any kids because that apartment, I just think as a dad a young, of young kids, I think my kids can't go to that apartment. There was like seven breakable things, not to mention a big glass fridge full of Coke. I'm like, that doesn't work. I would not be relaxed there. So they never show the kids. Everyone's just having a good time. But there's this thing inside of your soul. I'm going to say, I actually, I'd say Coke and Walmart are right about this. There's something in everyone's soul here that is desperate for things to be okay. To have friends that feel like family or family that feel like family. Not just on Christmas, but all the time. To have forgiveness, to have connection, to be understood. We're desperate for be that simple that we can just hand someone a Coke and everything is okay. Got some good news though, I promise good news. There's the bad news. But here's the good news. There is something that does bring down the walls of our society, that does lead to radical forgiveness. There is something in life that does lead to humility and acceptance and in love. There is something that builds us up rather than destroys. And as discussed over, if you've joined us over the last 15 weeks, we've been going through Hebrews and we've been talking about this thing known as the kingdom of God. There is something that can build joy in your life. Not talking about happiness, not talking about a fleeting feeling. I'm talking about having the worst year ever, but still having a sense of peace and joy. Do we want that, church? I reckon Walmart and Coca at least write about that. We want that. And there is something that can increase that in our life. And that's what we're going to spend four weeks, up until Christmas, talking about. Something that's moving in our world, stocking up and joy, and moving towards a fully restored kingdom. Spoiler again, it's not Walmart and it's not Coke. But it's prophesied in the scripture just read by Judy that this thing, 3,000 years ago when David wrote Psalms or Summer Psalms, he prophesied on this thing. And listen to what he says. Judy just read it, but I'll, I'll just pull this passage up. He says, just one back. No, that's perfect. Yep. 
Fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. There's pretty much the logo for the ad. Fill me with your joy. Help me stock up on joy out of your presence, Lord, with eternal pleasures at your hand. David predicting this, both prophesying, both asking a thousand years before something would happen on this earth and then 3,000 years ago from us. He was longing for this presence that would bring about this eternal joy. And then the second reading from 1 John, which is funny about this, I'll tell you this, I, I meant to read John this morning. So I actually went to, I went to prepare my sermon, I went to John, because it's the, I was going to call it the John's Christmas story, and, and being that John doesn't actually have a Christmas story, he talks about the word becoming flesh. I was doing my research, and I accidentally must have typed 1 John. And so I was reading over 1 John, and I thought, this must be a weird version, um, this doesn't sound like the word became flesh and dwelled amongst us. But then I read it and God knows what he's doing because it was exactly the passage. Because listen to this. We proclaim to you what we've heard so that you may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and the Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. God knows what he's doing. And so he, gave, he accidentally made me pull up the wrong passage which was the exact right passage he wanted to share this morning. We write this to make our joy complete. The writer writing to the early church, telling them that they can have this sense of community. It can be ever-growing, and this joy can be complete through Jesus and through, actually, each other. They just have an ancient way of saying it, but this is essentially what Coke and Walmart are trying to sell you, except with a different product or a different idea. So we've got this series over the next couple of weeks called Presence and Presence. Presence and Presence. I want to explore what it looks like to have that blessing of God's, have that joy, and to be in his presence. Even if you're 2019, you're just wishing it would go away. I've spoken to a few of you this morning about some prayer points, and there's many of you in here I know that are just like, goodbye 2019. (laughs) See you later, bring on 2020. We can have that joy even if it's just been one of those years. This is what I want to unpack over December, finding God's blessing, finding his joy. Again, not found in Walmart, not found in stuff, not found in the rush or the hurriness, no happiness. I'm not talking about happiness, a fleeting emotion, but deep joy, rest, security, the eternal feeling of peace from the presence of of God's spirit. So three things to intro this series this morning. A couple of encouragements on how we go about this season in stocking up on joy. Three things and then we're going to unpack them over the next few weeks. First one, open the presence. Open the presence. First point, first encouragement, what do I mean by that? So David writes these songs, as mentioned, through Psalms. And he writes these... David's writing is funny. It talks about what's happening right now. It talks about his personal life. And then it also prophesies of things to come. We know David got little insights of something was coming. It tells this picture. I've said it before. It's one of my favourite scriptures. That David has this moment in the courtyard where he realises that the presence will no longer just fall on a priest 
or no, no longer just fall on one person like a king. He realises one day a time will come that it will fall on anyone who accepts Jesus. And it says he dances in his robe. And it says, it kind of implies he has not much underneath the robe and he's kind of doing these twirls. And people, it says people are actually embarrassed because they're watching him. But he doesn't care that he's king of a nation dancing semi-naked in his robe because he's that excited by what Jesus is going to do. And so he's prophesying in a sense of what's going on a thousand years to come. That's how excited he is, dancing semi-naked in his courtyard as king. He's that excited. He talks about God's power over these things. David's talking about something is coming. Like Advent, David knows that sometimes there'll be, or there'll be one day a future where God's presence is more readily available. More than just going to the temple, more than confining God in this box, there will come a day where God's presence has escaped, I guess, or is out, has been set free amongst us to cause a heap of good types of damage, (laughs) all types of love and joy in this world. Here's the thing. We live 3,000 years after David, And the event that he's excited about happened 2,000 years ago. So it's already happened. The presence is already out there. It's amongst us. We know this. We're in church this morning. Millions across the nations of the world are in church on Sunday, celebrating that the presence is already out. The verse I was going to read in John says this. It tells this story. In the 2,000 years ago, in the beginning was the Word. With The Word, this is Jesus, was with God and the Word was God. He was made in the beginning with God. All things were made through him at creation. It started then and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. There's John's Christmas story. The word from creation came in flesh 2,000 years ago, was there at the very beginning, and God's big plan came, and the present stirs amongst us. He comes amongst us 2,000 years ago, and nearly everyone on the planet misses it. He comes 2,000 years ago, and like, except for some shepherds who had nothing else to do, and are available and some animals that were lucky enough to be in that stable or what could be translated that sort of cave that's been made out to be a stable the wise men actually not to ruin your nativity scene keep them in there but they come a bit later but that not the point but the wise men get it so the big god's plan that's been running for thousands of years from the very point of creation all the time and like there's a handful of people there everyone completely misses out. I'm going to talk about why they miss out over the next few weeks. But we get hints. The innkeeper's too full. They're too busy. Herod's too proud. People don't believe Mary. And she says, oh, yeah, no, really. (laughs) It isn't Joseph's, but it's God's. They're like, yeah, right. That's the worst excuse we've ever heard, Mary. No one believes them. And so here's this lonely little family with some smelly shepherds. They experience the word becoming flesh. And it is no different 2,000 years later. 
distraction, ego, human wisdom, consumerism over Christmas, the busyness, the, the hurriness to get everything, to have everything, to have the perfect present that we think will fix us this year, except last year it didn't fix us. But this year, the perfect present will fix everything in our family, right? Well, no. The present is already under the Christmas tree in a spiritual sense. The presence is already here. We just need to open it. Or for many of us, just reopen it this Christmas season. Remember the gifts already there. Open the presence is my number, number one point this morning. Open the presence this Christmas. So a bit of a practical thing to have a look at this morning, something I'm going to do over December. You don't have to do this. Sometimes I hesitate to give real practical advice because I don't want to create a law. I don't want to create something that you come back next Sunday and I talk about it and you go, and you feel all guilt because you didn't do it. That's not my job to guilt you into things. But here's something I'm going to do over Christmas and I'd love to invite you to do it as a church with me. I call it, I didn't call it this, it's, um, I've read it in multiple books, so I didn't invent this idea, but it's a practical thing to help us not live in the presence, the anxiety, the argumentative, tired, egotistical human existence. It's a call to reopen the gift this Christmas. I call it the 15 minutes. Everybody say, let's, um, I liked how you all read along with Jewel. I love that, so let's do that. Let's everyone say the 15 minutes. Well done. <laughs> What I'm going to do and give it a go, I'm going to find a spot in my house, or for you it could be a spot in Burley, but this Christmas I'm going to find a spot in my house, probably a chair. I've got this, I've got this chair outside, unless this is Mez's spot, and then we'll find a different spot. Although we can probably sit together, it's probably allowed. Um, I'm going to find a spot in my house, and each morning, or any time of the day, but for me it's going to be in the morning, once the kids have had breakfast and they're getting or attempting to get ready for school, I'm going to find 15 minutes to sit with my coffee in this spot and I'm just going to stop. I'm going to have a read of the Advent readings for that day and before I go into my Christmas list with God about what I want to see and the church and you guys and praying and praying for next year, not bad things, I'm just going to be quiet and see if God would like to say something. For 15 minutes. Counting the readings, including readings, 15 minutes. I'm going to stop, unhurry, not think about what the day brings, not send a sneaky email, not make a sneaky call, and just stop for 15 minutes and listen and sit and unhurry and unrush and thank God for what He's already given me. If you've got prayer requests, then go for it after the 15 minutes is done. Pray for another hour. You're completely allowed. But church, I'd love to invite you this Christmas, just 15 minutes. You think it's simple? You might be thinking, 15 minutes? Oh, I've got 24 hours. Please, Steve. I could do it in my sleep. Well, don't do it in your sleep. <laughs> be awake for 15 minutes. And it's harder. I think it's harder than you think. Or maybe for you it's easy. For me, it's harder than I think. 15 minutes is a long time. Well, for me to stop talking. <laughs> so maybe it's just harder for me to just stop talking at all, but for 15 minutes to just listen to God. Love for you to join us. And then love for us to encourage each other with it. 
So next Sunday, or if you're on Instagram or Facebook, if you're not on those, you can switch off when I talk about them. That's all right. But post. Post your morning at the beach. Use the hashtag opening the presents. Not to gloat or brag, but as a community, we can encourage each other. I'd love nothing more than after my 15 minutes to go online and see our community in their different ways, finding places throughout the day where they can spend 15 minutes just listening. I'm not promising a booming voice. I'm not promising even a word every time. But I I am promising to sit in his presence equals joy. To just listen to God will help you stock up on joy this Christmas. Love for you to consider doing that with me this Christmas season. Advent readings are out there. 15 minutes a day. If you miss one, it's okay. We won't get you. It's not about that. It's actively pursuing and stocking up on joy this Christmas. If this church did it, what a powerful... I think there's around 160 circling our church membership at the moment. Imagine that every day throughout the day. 160 people listening and waiting on God. That's exciting. That excites me anyway. That would be so exciting. Find a place. Put the Bible out there. If you can't be your phone, put the reading. Put your Bible. Settle your mind, your heart, and give God a chance to be present with you. Is that all right? Is that all right, invitation? Any questions? Good. Open the presence. Number two, and these next two are going to be a lot... We're going to look at them more over the next few weeks. But number two is protect the presence. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We might talk about Home Alone. Singing that this morning. Home Alone is my favourite Christmas film of all time. We might talk about Kevin, how he protects the house. Sometimes we can do the same thing. We'll talk about that. We put up these barriers. to, to We could do that and protect the presence of God from distraction, right? Because we're all distracted. So let's, let's talk about that over the next few weeks. But we live in a busy world, so we've got to just keep this thing sacred. We live in a world that has a, an element that has a dominion of darkness in it, and it wants you to be distracted. Walmart, we've gone from a time of consumerism where we no longer buy for need. They're smart enough to now come, you buy for want. Does that make sense? And so we've shifted. Because it was actually a time in society where the marketing teams went, what do we sell people? Because most of us can eat in the West and most of us have water. And a roof overhead. Not all of us, as discussed, but most of us. And so they go, what do we need to sell them? I know we need to tell them their Christmas isn't complete without a syrupy, sugary drink in the fridge. Then they'll want that. Or they're, they're not complete unless their kids open Barbies and Transformers. So I've been watching a documentary on toys with Mez and it's fascinating. It's literally... They said, how do we sell Transformers? <laughs> we'll make a TV show, because uh, we've got all these toys that turn into trucks and cars. We'll make a TV show, we'll market them, and we'll tell kids their life's not complete without that. The enemy wants to distract you, so protect the presence. Let's continue. And then the last one today is give the presence. Give the presence. We just read... How does joy come complete? Well, listen to this one more time. 1 John 1.10. We proclaim to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us and our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Fellowship with us and fellowship with the Father, Son, Jesus Christ. There's a two-part there. To have joy complete is to 
humble ourselves before the cross, to remember what Jesus did for us, to remember that he crossed the universe. He, he, he humiliated himself, it says, on the cross for you to bring you back to the family table, to back to God's house. And then what he wants you to do is pull up a chair. You're allowed at the table now, so so is everyone else. Even that cousin that annoys you and that you have fights every Christmas with, they even belong. <laughs> they even belong. Maybe you have an aunt or uncle that drinks too much and says some really offensive things on Christmas. They even belong. Maybe you're that auntie. In which case, there's a whole lot of things to unpack. But you belong as well. Share the presence of God. Stock up on joy. I love this line in the ad. There's enough to go around. God's not going to run out of his presence. God's not going to run out of his joy and his love. There's enough to go around. If you know Jesus, church, because you have eternal joy, even if you haven't opened it in a while, is there someone in your life you can share it with? You have an eternal blessing. Is there someone in your life you can invite into that? Whether that's practically, whether that's with your words, whether that's financially, is it a way to bless someone? We have a heap of practical things in the church you can do. One of these is these things. Nearly 100 bags went out last week. Um, these are bags that we want. We have a list in them. We'd love you to fill them up with Christmas things. The list is in the bag. And then bring them back. We'll sort them out. And either you can come back and grab a sorted out bag or we'll give them out. And we're going to give them out to those in the community through our Glimmer of Light ministry, those doing it tough. And we can share that some of the joy, share some of the presence of God um, with people. So please, if you've got a red bag, bring it back. If you don't have a red bag, come and talk to me. I'll explain it in more detail. But they're starting to pile up and we need them back yesterday. So just, yeah. As soon as possible, that would be great. Church, this Christmas, this Advent season, because you are forgiven, you can forgive. Because you've been restored, you can restore. Because God has given you the power and energy to keep on going, you can encourage and spur someone else to keep on going. Because you've been healed from elements in your life, you're able to pass that on. To others this Christmas. So we're going to do a micro version of this right now. But then we're going to leave the church and hopefully this is an encouragement to go have a coffee with that family member you haven't spoken to for a while. Hopefully this is an encouragement this season to say sorry for some things even if it was 20% your fault. Because it was not Christ's fault yet he still died for us. Maybe there's some friends you need to be present with. Maybe like I know there's a couple here, there's a family here that aren't here this morning and they messaged me this morning and the reason is is because they're catching up with some family that came to town. I wrote back, great, share the presence of God with that family. They need that right now. So a micro way we're going to try that now, we're going to have communion. What we're going to do, communion, if you know what communion is, we take a bit of juice and a bit of bread. It's not magic, but what it represents is what Jesus did, his body and his blood for you. 
the moment in time where he grew up after being born from Christmas and then around Easter, 30 years ago, 30 years later, he gave his life to bring you back to the Father. And that's what we're going to remember right now. And so we're going to distribute the emblems and then we're going to do something different. I want you to take communion and then here's the scary part. I want you to find someone near you and I want you to say, can I pray for anything for you this season? Now, if you're new this morning, you said, oh, I didn't sign up for this, I, you can say no. No one's going to think you're rude. If you're uncomfortable with that, that's okay. You don't both have to pray. Two or three people. But church is not a spectator sport. This is what it means to share the presence. And so we're going to thank God firstly for what he's done. And we're going to be silent for a moment. Uncomfortably silent. We're going to take the bread and juice in our own time. And then we're going to find someone in the room. And we're going to ask if we can just pray for each other. If you don't know what to say, just pray that you have a good Christmas. If you want to share something more deeply, go for it. I'm not trying to make you super uncomfortable, just a little bit. As we practice receiving the presence and sharing the presence. And then we're going to sing one final song, but we'll give a bit of time for that. We've got a little bit of time this morning to practice this. All right, let me, um, let me pray. Emblems are going to come out. Take the bread and juice in your own time and find someone to, you can just sit with Two or three people, if it's four, that's okay. I'm not going to come around and count. And then just pray together for, let's say, five minutes and share the presence this month. We'll start to share the presence. Let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you so much for the present that's already under the Christmas tree, your presence. Thank you that we have a way. Lord, we just... Remember again now, reopen again now that it's not gonna, we're not going to find you in stuff. We're not going to find joy or eternal joy in things, in money, in, 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 in alcohol at the end of the bottle that won't, we still won't find fulfillment, in drugs, in addiction, in anything else apart from you, Lord. And so we pray for a fresh reminder this Advent season of who you are and that you are already a part of our life, if we know you. May you bless this church this Christmas. May we be able to stock up on joy through your spirit, through your presence. And may we see relationships restored, relationships forgiven, boundaries crossed, walls come down, as we invite more people to sit at the big family table that is yours, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.